to paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moira Ghosts, Legends and Lore, with a healthy dose of debunking. I'm going to debunk my voice right now. <laughs> yeah, your poor voice. Dude, I've been sick for like a week and a half, and this is the best I've sounded the whole time. So this is what y'all are going to get. So um, I apologize, but I'd rather give you an episode with a shitty voice than not an episode at all. So here we are. We're making it work. This is how much we love you. Mm-hmm. We're still going to give you the content, even though I sound like a dude. So, you know, entertainment at its finest. Exactly. Um, but hi, guys. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Uh, Kim. I'm excited to talk to you about this topic today. Yeah. I think I'm excited because I didn't tell you I was doing it until like the night before Last we night recorded. you messaged me and you're like, oh, BT dubs, did I tell you? And I was like, no. That was the conversation, everyone. I know it's riveting. This is this is our life. Welcome. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, you know, going through the the depths of our random. Well, for me, it's random note taking for you. It's very st- strategic in a notebook. I just have the ADHD version of that on every <laughs> type of notebook that's digital or physical. See, I have ADHD name. lists. I'm the list maker. That's my I like lists of things because crossing things off gives me great oh, satisfaction. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I just can't find where I put the list is the problem because <laughs> I'll Fair. do so many different ones. Um, but I did go through all of those lists trying to find maybe a topic that was I, I like the trifectas. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the ones that are like the perfect storm of all the things we like to talk about. That's true. That's just like weird. I love a weird topic. Like We love me, some weird Give me all the weird stuff. I've been doing a lot of those lately. I know it's been kind of heavy, but this one's kind of cool because it's got a little bit of a Bermuda Triangle vibe to it, Ooh. but it's not okay. the Bermuda Triangle. It's not. No, it's not. It's quite far away from the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> quite, quite far. So we are going to be talking today about the Hoya Bachu Forest, which I know I'm pronouncing that part right right now, <laughs> but the rest of it, I'm going to botch. So just... Heads up. Uh, It's located in Cluj-Napoca, Romania. Uh, So we are heading over to uh, everyone's named Vlad's territory. Yes. Yes, where we are going to check out this really weird spot. Um, Some people call this eerie forest of crooked trees the Bermuda Triangle of Romania. Mm. The Hoyubachu Forest has gained a reputation as one of the world's most haunted forests. <gasps> ghosts? There's <gasps> ghosts. Okay, okay. We got With some countless- legends. We- oh, just you wait. Just you wait. With countless reports of strange occurrences and paranormal phenomena <gasps> ranging from, you guessed it, UFO sightings. Oh, dear. <laughs> ghosts. Weird energy fields. Mm. A clearing where nothing living can grow. Oh. To mysterious red and orange lights in a dense growth area at night and disappearing children. (laughs) It's the title of my autobiography. (laughs) It's a great thing to hear from someone who teaches kids every day. (laughs) (laughs) And it's even been the subject of lots of scientific research trying to explain what exactly is going on there. So... Anything having to do with this kind of like plethora of 
fantastic options that I just mentioned typically has, yes, Kim, legend and lore. Right. Quite quite a lot of legend and lore. The only one I'm not going to give you today is the true crime in Moida, to my knowledge, but we're going to check all the other boxes. All so. right. I'm here for it. Uh, now, first, we're going to talk a little bit about the location, uh-huh. but as we get into the weird stuff, you bet your butt that Scully is going to come out and give us the real real. Okay. And uh, we'll let you decide, listeners, haunted or not haunted, Bermuda Triangle or not. Now, prefacing this by saying legend and lore is strong with this one. Mm-hmm. And we can 100% appreciate a place like Romania and Transylvania for the amount of just like pure legend and lore that like encompasses the entire culture and runs deep in the veins of Romanian culture, right? Right. So we're absolutely going to be talking about legends and lore and highly respect that arena. Nobody come for me. Uh, But we also got to do our due diligence and get the real real. Cool? Cool. 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 Let's do it. All right. So the Hoya Bachi Forest, also sometimes known as the Hoya Forest, also sometimes known as Bachu Forest, depends on who you're talking to. I like want to be like, I don't know about you, but oh, Lord. the Hoya Forest sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I was like, how Stupid. long before Gabby makes a pun on the name? T minus <laughs> six minutes. Okay. Uh, there it is. <clears throat> so it's located on the outskirts of Cluj-Napoca on the northern border of Romania. Now, I don't know what a hectare, 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 it's a, a measurement. Um, there's yeah. 250 of them. I think it's the type of measurement that they use there. I could be wrong. Um, but it spans across 250 hectares of Transylvania. Uh, fun fact, actually, I didn't know this until I researched this, that Transylvania actually makes up like a massive chunk of Romania. It's actually like the entire central part of Romania is technically considered to be Transylvania. Hmm. like. That's a fun fact. So the forest covers an area of about three square kilometers. Um, For those people that don't know what a hectare is, it's uh, three square kilometers. Um, It looks like something out of like straight out of a Brothers Grimm fairy tale. You've got some like spiky branches and weird bony finger like branches coming off the trees the trees are gnarled they're weird looking i just want to go to like take pictures with the trees because they sound spooky and cool yeah right i'm like this would be a great spot for a photo shoot totally Um, what but but the weird thing is allegedly it used to be the trees were normal so something must have happened to make the trees like this allegedly we're going to be using that word a lot today allegedly yes you're going to do it because i can't Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> don't 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 mess up your voice further. <laughs> further is the key word here. Okay. Um, now on its southern border, there's a, it begins on a ridge and it runs east to west. It does not contain a steep southern slope of a hill. It's right next to it. Um, mm-hmm. That area rises from the Sumasul Mick River. <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce everything. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's a good time. You know, we're here a lot. Just join me for the ride. Um, the forest ends on a smoother slope to the north where it meets the Nadas River. Mm-hmm. So lots of waterways around this area, little valleys. There's the Bongar Valley uh, that runs along the south end of this side, which contains an oak grove unique to the southern slope. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
sounds like a forest, man. You yeah. know, it, yeah. it's just giving you a little idea. Uh-huh. Now, part of the northeastern end of the forest is bordered by Vallea Langa, which translates to Long Valley. Um, it passes through Eocene limestone and forms uh, the valley of Shiel Bachiului. Oh, man. Really can't do that one. Yep. Um, <laughs> They, there's also a small natural lake just upstream from the shell Bachelouille <laughs> at the border of the forest. Um, lots of springs with potable water on the north edge of the forest in Vallea Lunga, too. So, sounds magical. Now, fun fact, the oldest Neolithic settlement in Romania, which was believed to have been established around 6500 BC, belonged to Stark. Chevo Koros Chris culture, and it was discovered at the north of Vallelunga, so in the same area of the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, there were actually some tombs and houses from this settlement that were uncovered between 1960 and 1994, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, so just a little background of the location where it is. It's pretty old. Mm-hmm. It's been there for a while. Now, there's some ancient origins associated with it, too. It's believed to have existed since prehistoric times. Uh Archaeological excavations in the area have actually uncovered evidence, like I had mentioned, um, of that that era for the Neolithic time. There's also some dating back to Paleolithic times. So in ancient times, the forest was part of the territory of the Dacians, a Thracian tribe that inherited the region from around 500 BC to 106 CE. She old. Mm. So some of the earliest documented accounts of the forest date back to the late 19th century when it was allegedly, allegedly, allegedly named after a shepherd named Bachu. Legend has it. Here's your legend. Are you ready? Here's one. Okay. Legend has it that Bachu, along with his flock of 200 sheep, disappeared without a trace within the forest. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no, the sheeps. Um, fun fact, Romanian translation of Bachu is leader of shepherds. But yeah. in some stories, it says that the actual name of the guy was Bachu, and it was named after the dude. To this day, no one knows what has become of Bachu and his flock. And the forest's uh, bears his name as a chilling reminder of its enigmatic nature. Mm, spooky. Dun, dun, dun. Spooky. <laughs> hey, but wait, there's more. <laughs> That's just the first one. Okay. So throughout history, it's kind of had a lot of legend and lore associated with it in the sense that some people are, like, terrified of it. Hmm. Some people think it's a sacred place where, not, like, nature spirits like Rome and ancient gods are worshipped there. And it almost gives me vibes of like areas where Native American tribes like find places to be sacred. It kind of gives me that kind of energy. Um, Some people think the land is actually cursed with a malevolent entity or multiple malevolent entities and unexplained phenomena. The locals knew about strange things happening in Bachu for a long time. It goes back from generation to generation, that word of mouth that we love so much, that classic old telephone game of legend and lore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as... 
the story enters to a new generation, the forest allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. awakens allegedly awakens man's deepest subconscious fears. You know, <laughs> this is where I'm going to be more moldery just to have more fun. Okay. Uh, but, you know, because we're sitting in the legend and lore department. Uh, but as we talk through certain aspects of it, Scully will, sh- will, will pop out. We'll do a little... Uh, little scully nudge mm-hmm. um so yeah you're like yeah get me to that point already <laughs> all right the villagers that entered the forest testified that as soon as they got there they experienced inexplicable states of nausea anxiety headaches and even burn marks on their skin huh. that's kind of weird yeah. sure have you eaten today <laughs> that's <Yeah. my> question. <laughs> Because that's how I feel on a regular day, minus the burn marks. Uh-huh. Just kidding. Um, some locals believe that the forest is cursed, so they'll avoid it. Others will go to it because they're intrigued. And the supernatural or, you know, it's a fun thing. I'll, I'll go to a forest with a supernatural vibe. Why not? Sure. Um, it's often referred to, as I mentioned, as the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania. Um some of the most persistent tales involve ghostly apparitions, mysterious disappearances, and unexplained phenomena. And it's said that those who venture into the forest at night might encounter the restless spirits of the dead, uh-huh. hear strange disembodied whispers carried by the wind, or see inexplicable lights hovering amongst the trees. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. The forest is said to be haunted by the ghosts of the people who died there, including soldiers who fought in battles that took place in the area and people who just happened to live there. We said that there were there was evidence of people that have lived there like thousands and thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this before, that if someone dies in that area, yeah, why not? It's probably haunted. But like you might not know who that person is, but. You might have some weird shit going on, you know? Sure, yeah. Visitors have reported hearing strange disembodied voices, which they can't pinpoint where they're coming from. And there's even been people that have documented shadowy beings lurking among trees and behind trees. We're going to hold on to the scully on that one for a sec. We've got a couple scully things in my head right now, so we'll... uh... (laughs) Okay. Well, some have... uh, even claimed to encounter the spirit of the forest namesake, Bachu. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but Bachu's probably haunting it. Hey. You know? Uh, now, unfortunately, I know you're like, where's the evidence? Evidence. Evidence. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I wasn't able to find details on specific hauntings or anyone who made evidence that they found available that was actually legitimate to someone like me researching this location. Sure. Uh, if it even exists. So, so like, there's other things. There's more. Don't worry. <laughs> it's like, that's not, that's not points in favor of this is legit. No, but it's stories, legend and lore. Legends right? and lore. So, no, fair, le- fair, we're fair, in the fair. legend and lore category. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Now we're going to get more into the weird stuff. Let's talk about the, the clearing. The clearing is one of the most famous legends that has come out of this area. And it's a circular area where no trees grow and where strange occurrences are said to take place. Um, it's not a perfectly circular area. It's like round, but it's not like an actual circle. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also it's known as the clearing or the circle. Uh-huh. Um, the word uh, the, the word for it in Romanian is the poi, poiana rotunda, and it's about 2,000 square meters in size, which is about half an acre. Uh-huh. It's a barren 
patch of land devoid of any vegetation has been the site of numerous strange phenomena, according to different um, resources that I found. And visitors who have been there reported feelings of intense anxiety and unease when entering the clearing, as well as electronic equipment malfunctioning or failing completely. Mm hmm. This face, Kim. Um, <laughs> some believe that the clearing is a portal to another dimension or a hub of paranormal activity. <laughs> Even the Hoya Bachu forest trees themselves hold an enigma, as these 200 year old trees seem to be young and most of them are twisted at the trunk or in an unusual shape, as we had mentioned. Some of them are around the, the clearing. Huh. Um, the soil of this area has been tested and no anomalies were found that would hmm. prevent the growth of any plant life. Sure. So there's some science for you there, Scully. Okay. Yeah, that, was, um, that was a question I had in my mind, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> now, locals have long believed that this barren circle is cursed mm. and that those who have entered it may be affected by negative energy. Okay. That's just like my house on a bad day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is a quote. Scientists have proposed various explanations for the phenomenon, including the possibility that the area was once the site of an ancient burial ground or that the soil composition is unsuitable for tree growth. All right. I have questions. Um, Gabby has say, questions. Yes, I have questions. I know Kim does, too. Um, scientists say that the area was an ancient burial ground, and that's why things can't grow there. Last time I checked, uh, bodies actually are great fertilization. Uh, yeah. So wouldn't that actually help plant, plant growth? Like, so I, I don't know how legit that quote is. I will say <laughs> this right now. I don't know how legit a lot of this information is, but it's all I could find. And I'll talk to you a little bit about, like, some of the actual stuff that I found, too, as we get into the Scully department. Uh -huh. um, but there's a lot of conflicting information as uh -huh. we find in stories and legends and lore and lo old places, right? Sure. So having said that, let's Scully, shall we? Scully? Love it. Now, of course, I had to pull up Google Maps when I was <laughs> looking this up. Um, and if you look at this place on Google Maps, it's not even close to being circular, first of all. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, and most importantly, it actually has vegetation. Okay. Fun fact, a majority of it is actually like a thick, lush meadow with wildflowers. Oh. So So this is uh some 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 BS. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. So okay. it makes me question like what do meadows require to thrive? Did something change? Sure. Like is this has this meadow always been there? Is this like a new meadow? Sure. Is that like new metal? <laughs> <laughs> new meadow. Has the area changed at all? Does it now allow growth when in the past it hasn't? Did something in the environment change? You know what I mean? Like yeah. there could be environmental changes Absolutely. over time. Mm -hmm. um, it's in a perfect, it's not like in a secluded indoor space that doesn't experience atmosphere or environmental fluctuations. So like, sure, sure things could change, right? Now, one of the resources I used for this research was Skeptoid Podcast because hey, Scully, I love Skeptoid. Um, I know you do. That's why I'm referencing it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to be in our show notes, too. But um, if you want a full rundown from them, I just included a couple bits from it. But it's very entertaining, Kim. You would really like, like this episode. Um, 
they covered this topic mm-hmm. and they said, quote, these plants typically depend on groundwater that's less than one meter deep. Some meadows are underlain by shallow bedrock that prevents tree roots from taking hold. Others are wetlands where hydrology or soil um, conditions favor herbaceous growth over wooded growth. The trees in the Hoya Bachu are primarily beech, hornbeam, ash, and elm, which all tend to grow in similar forests in this region, leaving lots of open meadowland very similar to the Poyana Rotunda. So this isn't the only space that's like a meadow. It just means that that's the type of plant that tends to grow in that area. Now, others say that the meadow is plagued with radiation. Some paranormalists have reported detecting radiation, but there's literally no evidence to support that. Like, none. Evidence. Evidence. But you know what? But you know, hold on. Get this. I was cracking up writing this part because I, I just was, like, really excited to share this part with you. Um, you know how this is really a paranormal site? Like, the real evidence to prove that it's a paranormal site? Can you guess? How there's is did, did Zach Baggins do an episode? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I mean, it's I I know enough about this place to know it's notorious. I'm notorious enough. I'm sure he wants to do it there if he has not already. You guessed it, Kim. Yeah. There was an episode of Ghost yeah, Adventures of featuring the Poyana Rotunda. <laughs> Enter resting bitch voice. She is here. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate people enjoyed uh, resting bitch voice. I just love that you guessed exactly what I like planted for I mean, you. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I am not unfamiliar with this topic, which tells me neither is Zach Baggins. <laughs> so in this episode, your favorite guy went to the Poyana Rotunda with all the gadgets. Absolutely, he did. And he then proceeds to have a panic attack due to the energy, that's air quotes for those of you who just have the audio medium, energy, because that's great for TV. It Uh, is great for TV. He's right. But literally, they had nothing to show for it, like no evidence. Um, But So don't worry. You don't have to watch it. I just told you what happened. You know how we feel. Um, But had to throw Kim's favorite guy in there and tell you all a little bit about it. Um, But things still get weirder. It's not just that. Um, So something that this round area is actually the result of a UFO landing. (laughs) I mean, yeah, fun story. Mm -hmm. Lots of questions. Cool story, Uh, bro. And that brings us to Not Creepy Critics Corner. I was like, oh, wow, we, we skipped way ahead. <laughs> but UFOs. Okay. I know, I freaked you out for a second there. That was funny. The forest is also reputed to be a hot spot for UFO sightings over the years with numerous reports of strange lights and unexplained aerial phenomena. Mm. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Phenomena. Do, 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 do. I started time. drinking game for like every time Gabby makes a pun or reference to something. Or uh, a Muppet joke. <laughs> or a Muppet joke. I approve of Muppet jokes. I love a Muppet. Speaker's the man. I love a yeah. Muppet. I love the Swedish chef. He is my favorite. <laughs> it's like her dog's a Muppet. My dog is a Muppet. He is a legitimate Muppet. Wow, ADHD. Let's bring it back in. Okay. So the UFO sightings, not Muppets, mm-hmm. but UFOs, although there are alien Muppets, but that's a different story for a different, different story, time. Different topic, different day. Um, these particular UFO sightings, not Muppets, but at this forest, uh, ba- date back to 19, the 1960s-ish, when a biologist slash chemist, which we'll get into in a sec. His name is Alexandru uh, Sift. He 
um, traveled the area to research the oddities that were reported because he was really curious about it and just wanted to do some digging, literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> hey. Hey. Uh, he, now, some sources, and this is like the game of, well, what actually happened? Some sources say that he captured a photo of a UFO, but it okay. actually seems like that's a different story and it's not mm. him. Mm-hmm. However, he did still see and capture some weird stuff on film there. Sure. He, he actually claimed that there, um, in the forest, he would see strange shadows among the trees and that they mm. would follow him. Like when he would walk past certain areas, he would mm. see them follow him on his peripherals. Mm-hmm. Just kind of freaky. Like if I was yeah. in the forest, I mean, it could also just be like an animal stalking him if we're real. Sure. You know what I mean? Like either sure. way, still creepy. Um, Uh, But that didn't stop him. (laughs) He still took a bunch of pictures of the stuff that he was seeing. And he actually documented a photo. It looks like it kind of looks like a Sasquatch photo um, of like a shadow figure behind a tree. But it's not super like clear. And it also could be interpreted as many different things. If I showed it to you, you'd be like, yeah, no. So we're not going to go there and look (laughs) at it right now. Um, But when he took his photos, he was shocked at what he saw. The shapes that were not supposed to be there like shadows were there and it was weird like they were there in a time where he didn't see them when he took them but when they were developed they were there and the fact that the pictures on the camera when they were developed were not in the same order as he had taken them was kind of weird Hmm. um and this is at the time of like film (laughs) like actual film and not like digital cameras so like that's weird yeah absolutely now the person who actually took a photo of an alleged ufo did so in 1968. Okay. Different dude, different person. Okay. Uh, this guy was a military technician named Emil Barnia. He <laughs> captured a photograph of what appeared to be a flying saucer. Okay. I'm like a Dr. Evil with my, my air quotes right now. A flying saucer hovering above the forest. I have a picture to show you. Okay. I'll also post it on our Instagram. Can you see it? I see a light see a light but it's weird it's like it, there's a light it's like it's coming down and then there's like a flat thing like i wonder what that could be mm. <laughs> sure <laughs> so I'll, I'll post a picture of it um now while skeptics have dismissed the image as a hoax it remains one of the allegedly air quotes most compelling <laughs> pieces of evidence for that extraterrestrial is. activity in the area allegedly allegedly now, this photo got a lot of attention, though. It sure. sparked widespread interest in the forest and its alleged uh, extraterrestrial visitors. Uh-huh. And uh, some other visitors also claimed to see things, strange lights, some red lights, orange lights in um, the forested areas, but also objects in the sky. Well, some people even reported encountering, encountering like, actual alien beings. Mm. Okay, but show me the evidence. Where's the evidence? I mean, <laughs> you're making Scully proud right now. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> this titled section is called Weird Happenings. Okay. It's just like this entire episode. Uh, disappearances. So we already mentioned the disappearance of the uh, Bachu. Uh-huh. Gesundheit. Um, apparently, he wasn't the only one, uh, w- along with his sheep, obviously, that went missing, uh, allegedly. 
allegedly. Now, this story is wild. Another chilling Mm -hmm. tale tells of a five-year-old girl who disappeared into the forest, only to reappear five years later wearing the same exact clothes, unchanged, without having aged, and with no memory of the years that had passed. What does that sound like to you? Sorry, a... (laughs) Should I say it again? Okay. An episode of the X-Files? I mean... <laughs> Betty and Barney. Mm. It, it kind of gave me vibes of, like, alien abduction stories. Of, like, having time that has gone missing. Sure. But may, I guess it could be X-Files, too. Like, oh, t- tomato, <laughs> tomato. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's all the same vein. Pun intended. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, kind of weird. Now, this story, like many others, feeds into a pervasive belief that some have that the Hoyabachu forest is a place where boundaries between worlds, where the veil is very thin and the supernatural is never very far. Sure. Enter Scully. Yeah. <laughs> now, after doing some digging, I couldn't find anything. No reference, As, no specifics. Uh, that was going to be my my question: is that like, do we have like legitimate documentation about this story? Wow, Kim, thank you so much for asking. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. And one would think that like, if it actually happened, there would be some sort of documented evidence sure. somewhere and yeah. obviously depending on when the story took place mm-hmm. if it was super super old like you might not be able to find articles necessarily but there's like literally nothing i could find on it yeah and this wasn't the only case of a person disappearing into the woods allegedly so if you look this topic up there's so many like i mentioned before websites i actually found creepy pasta and almost referenced it to piss you off but i chose <laughs> not to <laughs> I thank you for that. You're welcome. But that's just an example of one of the many uh, areas where you can find information that may not be the most reliable resource um, that talk about um, many people going missing in the woods that are never seen again. No names, Mm -hmm. no evidence, no resources. However, there was a case of a missing woman having reappeared in the forest with a 15th century coin in her pocket. Okay. Uh, take a wild guess. Any validation to the story uh, that story found anywhere? Probably not. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but it's a fun <laughs> story. Sure. Honestly, giving me some real like Outlander vibes. Uh, just saying. Um, okay. Because like you know she time travels and has like yeah, old yeah, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if there's some stones in that area that if someone touches they go to a different time and then come back. Maybe I don't know. I'm just getting excited. Um, <laughs> Actual Romanian newspaper archives, because I looked, by the way. I was very proud of myself. Uh, They don't mention um, missing people in the forest at all. Uh, They don't even mention anyone randomly reappearing either. Um, There's none of that. Um, There have been many, uh, you know, firsthand, quote-unquote, experiences, reports from people who have entered the forest that have come out with weird stuff, like those burns we mentioned earlier, severe rashes, headaches, high fever, like weird things that happen to their bodies. But again, I asked the question, did you have lunch? Um, And, like, are you allergic to a plant that you might have touched? You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) There's logical explanations for some of these things. Then there's the mysterious energy fields. Some visitors to the forest have reported feeling strange sensations, such as dizziness, nausea, 
a feeling of overall um, disorientation, sure. um, which is a little different than like the severe rashes or burns, but just like to be like really out of it. Like I know I've definitely walked into spaces before where I felt really lightheaded or just like sure. felt a weird energy or weird vibe. And like, so mm-hmm. I totally believe in like this, the way energy can impact your physical body and we talk about that with emf sometimes too when we talk about investigations right fear frequency yeah and so this is a little bit different when you're like in an open space that's just like a forest it's not like a confined zone but there could still be some things that impact that right there could still be natural things that that could be occurring (laughs) there could be uh and Mm -hmm. some reported to be geomagnetically anomalous which if those of you don't know i use some big words here let me explain that means full of unexplained compass variances and powerful fields that might affect people right um and this can perpetuate speculation that the forest is a portal to another world or to a parallel (laughs) unknown universe or just give you a headache you know um Mm -hmm. waiting for the resting bitch voice i roll Uh, (laughs) scully asks what is this really enter science yay science i did some scientific research which is just like i've been doing so much of that for grad school lately that i'm like why not throw it in here Um, so fun fact the depth of the magnetic source and the type Mm -hmm. of the material that it's made out of dictates the magnitude of the gradient of that area so the more variance in the depth throughout the area, the more geomagnetically anomalous the area is. Now, one might ask, what is the topography of the area exactly? So glad you asked him. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but most of what we talked about was that there were lots of like hills and valleys outside of the forest. Uh-huh. And that with like on the edges of it were a lot of like bodies of water and things of that sure. nature. However, right. the exactly like the actual forest itself. Uh doesn't have much of a variance in the magnetic field it literally like you can go 10 kilometers in any direction without finding a natural variance in more than 10 percent of the earth's normal magnetic field so it's pretty flat and it doesn't have a lot of variation and i don't know how you could prove that something like that would be geomagnetically anomalous if it's not what would be described as such from a physical standpoint. So Mm -hmm. like, again, I didn't go, I didn't physically measure things there. I just did some research and that's what I found. But you know what this kind of reminds me of? Mm. The organ vortex and like Mm. all of those like vortex places all Uh over that have like a weird energy to it and that have all these weird, bizarre things that make you feel lightheaded, make animals not want to go near it, can Uh make people appear to be different heights and like walk from one when they walk from like one point to another. Uh But if you recall, I know you will, um, we did quite a bit of debunking on that topic. So for those listeners who have not listened to the Oregon Vortex episode, go go have a listen when you're done with this one. Um, Now, all this reported strange phenomena, coupled with the numerous photographic testimonies of extraterrestrial lights and, you know, those mysterious spheres appearing within the forest, have made some people think that this is the best documented paranormal sites in the world. Okay. I do not agree with that, personally. Uh, I think your resting bitch voice told us how you feel. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Some studies have um, revealed 
higher than normal radioactivity, mm-hmm. uh, apparently produced by natural uranium present in the subsoil. Does that mean mm-hmm. it's ghosts? Does that mean it's giving you a headache? No, not necessarily. Could be a normal thing. But numerous studies have been conducted in the forest in an attempt to actually figure out, like, what's going on. And much attention came to the region after reports of UFOs in the 50s and 60s. And uh, these reports actually sparked the fascination of a small group of paranormal enthusiasts that gathered. Hey, Hey, it's us. Uh, Not really. We were not alive in the 70s. um, At the students' cultural house um, in the 70s. And it was actually initially a fringe movement. I love this. Uh I'm like, I would love to hang out with these people in the 70s. Um, But... They had um, some parapsychological theories and the Uh mysterious imagery around the forest, you know, gained some excitement and momentum around this like paranormal revolution. Um, And it started getting published a lot. And there were more there's more openness to alternative ideas during this time. Right. Also, Uh drugs were a thing. Um, Enter Dr. Adrian Petrut. In 1970s. In the 1970s, Dr. Adrian Petrut, a Romanian um, physicist and chemistry professor um, at a local university, sounds legit, um, Mm. began conducting research in the Hoya Bachu Forest. Uh He focused on the area's magnetic anomalies and their potential connection to the paranormal phenomena reported by our our fun, paranormal-loving locals. Um, Dr. Petrut claimed that though there may be places around the world with unexplained phenomena, the Hoya Bachu forest is one of the best due to the intensity, variety, and complexity of its manifestations. That's a quote, that's a quote from him. Um, Petrut was the president of the Romanian Society of Parapsychology, and since the early 70s, he's been studying occurrences in the forest, such as unexplained splotches of light and luminescent orbs hovering in the sky. Mm-hmm. He actually claimed that spending too much time in this forest could cause symptoms such as anxiety, insomnia, hmm. excessive thirst, nausea, vomiting, and headaches. Mm-hmm. He claimed that the warped trees were normal just a few years ago, and now they are warped, quote, a clear sign of an apparition, end quote. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Dr. Petrut's studies, though inconclusive, uh, generated considerable interest in the scientific community and helped to establish the forest as a site of ongoing research and investigation. Okay. He actually um, published some of his work. In the 1970s, his manuscripts and research were finally published in two books in the early 1990s. took a while, but it was published. And it was uh, one of the first local books on the so-called transphysical phenomena of the Hoyubachu Forest. Uh And I don't know about you, Kim, but, like, this is where I started wondering, do scientific communities like that of chemistry and uh, physics... And parapsychology people, do those two types of conclusions generally go hand in hand with this type of investigation? I mean, <laughs> real true question. What do you think? If if their investigations, do you, I mean, do you? I'm sorry, I'm I'm not clear on what you're asking. Do they bring scientists with them? No, I'm saying like, do their attitudes like align like do they believe in the same things because i often think like my here's where my thought process goes okay it makes me think of literally scully and Mulder. 
of like oh. the Mulder is the parapsychology person and the Scully is the scientific person and they generally are not claiming the same things. They're generally kind of arguing opposite things. Right? There's usually I I, I mean I, I I guess so. It kind of depends on I, I mean every group is sort of different. That's true. Like well, uh, you're getting into intention, which is kind of hard to judge because true. intention is very individual. Um, like I think about some of ghost investigations where, again, people who are very much on the science side, but still very much, I guess there's, there's, there's being on the science side, but wanting to use the science to prove existence versus trying to eliminate i do i mean again it yeah. comes down to intention that's actually and a really that's good point not really uh we yeah. can't gauge it here that's the kind of I, unknown I, without somebody stating intention as sure. part of their findings that's true um but yeah so that's a good point and i think um this kind of stood out to me as kind of a head tilt moment which i think is good when we start to think about things in a little bit more of a deep way where we're like well why? What is the intention? Is it to prove or to disprove? Um, in my brain, I generally gravitate to the scientists wanting to disprove in this okay. type of in situation, sure. um, as opposed to like in a, a ghost hunting group where you have everyone that's in, like purposely in a ghost hunting group wanting to like. Well, except prove again, this. in plenty of ghosts, I mean, like one of the things I do when I'm on an investigation is I am trying to look for a rational explanation before I go supernatural. So for me, that's not trying to prove supernatural. It is trying to prove science. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is a so, and I mean, and plenty of point. investigators take that tactic. Yeah. So again, I, I feel like it we're depends. getting into kind of a funny. It's a gray area. area. Well, again, you're talking about individual intention and that is a hard thing to, to gauge without someone stating individual intention, but there's not, and there's not one right way one Wrong method way. that every yeah. single person does so it's it's very much dependent on the individual okay well great point thank you for that uh i think that that supports exactly what i'm about to go into so that was the perfect segue so like here's the deal what's really interesting is like when so much writing in the field is reducible to speculation and fictionalization. I think the question is, is Petrut reliable as a scientist? Is, is that a reliable source um, when it comes to what he researched? And uh, it depends on who you talk to and what you believe. Because he was a recognized scientist, a professor of chemistry. He was a researcher. And maybe his methodology was a little bit less scientific than others. Um, his explanations for things that people see in the forest revolved around the forest kind of manifesting beliefs that were already there that people brought to the table. It's like when you tell someone to look at a cloud and it, what shape do you see? You project whatever you want to see onto it. It's the same right. concept, right? Exactly. It's like when we talk about taking photos of orbs and ghosts and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, same, same exact thing. And there was an interview that he did where in a paraphrasing of it, he claimed that people or groups of people who believe in ghosts will see ghosts. Sure. People who are fascinated by UFOs will see UFOs mm -hmm. and a skeptic will not see anything. 
because that's what they believe, right? And as a symptom of its times, the form that the weird takes on can depend on the cultural and historical context of that situation, which is why when a place has such a deep legendy lorry vibe, it's going to impact what people believe, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If I go on a Bigfoot hunt, then I might find Bigfoot because that's what I'm looking for. That's what you want to see. You want to find you want to find your boo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, you do. Uh, However, according to Skeptoid podcast, (laughs) um, Patrud's accessible writing on Hoya Bachu deals with what he refers to as bioplasma, four dimensional space, ectoplasm. And unconscious projections of psychic energy, which is what we just talked about. Um, And then also mentioned that all of these are fields of study that have no data or observations or theories that are provable. Um, So I think it really depends on your perspective. Unfortunately for us, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, maybe Petrut applied his scientific background. Maybe Uh he didn't. Take it with a grain of salt. Or, you know, consider it true scientific research. You do you. But I think that this is one that's good to evaluate in that way, which is why I posed that question. Now, there's some other research that was done. Other researchers have focused on the forest's unique flora and fauna in their research, um, saying that the high concentration of electromagnetic energy in the area may have influenced the growth and development of the plants and wildlife. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah, nature, you know, nature's going to nature. Nature's going to nature. Some researchers have suggested that the forest's peculiar atmosphere can be attributed to electromagnetic anomalies and usually an an unusual concentration of ions in the air specifically. Mm -hmm. Apparently, these phenomena have been known to cause feelings of unease and disorientation, um, which could maybe explain some of those weird feelings that people have or like ghostly apparitions or sensations right which also makes me think about i feel like this just pulls me into like five different episodes that we've already covered throughout this whole thing but it makes me think about the dietlov pass and it makes me think about you know kenny veach and like Uh those stories of like weird shit in the atmosphere happening and affecting people Uh um while the forest is home to a diverse uh, array of species some plants And animals have some unusual characteristics, just like the trees we talked about. Uh Um, And, you know, that's, it's a good story. It's fun to look at. (laughs) It's going to perpetuate the weird, like, please, you know. Enter Scully. Um, Others have proposed that the forest's reputation for paranormal activity is a result of overactive imaginations and the power of suggestion. Yeah, I mean, sure, that's absolutely an option. And with so many stories and legends surrounding the forest, it's possible that visitors are more likely to believe what they want to believe and make it a supernatural thing, even if it's not. Sure. And regardless of the scientific explanations, it still draws more people there. And it's not just people that are paranormal enthusiasts, it's skeptics too. So Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool that it pulls everybody in. Sure, yeah. But as far as publicity goes, obviously in the recent years with the internet, that's the whole thing. Um, But it's attracted the attention of paranormal investigators, Mm -hmm. TV crews like our friends over at Ghost Adventures. um, And, you know, skeptics say that these are just stories for entertainment and lack any testable evidence. Evidence. Eh. While some investigators have claimed to experience unexplained phenomena, 
we don't really have any definitive evidence mm-hmm. of any of it. That's true. And it's not going to stop me from wanting to visit it, though. I still want to go. <laughs> no, it sounds super cool. And I love a good creepy forest. Truly, you can, which is so cool. So today, mm-hmm. the Hoya Bachu Forest is actually a popular destination for tourists seeking a thrill. I like nice. to call it dark tourism. Love that shit. Hey. Um, you can even get a guided tour, which is so cool, nice. Uh, nice. to learn about the history, legends, lore, paranormal activity. Kim, I'm sure if you did one of those, you would just school them all, like, the whole time. That'd be so fun. Um, With my arresting bitch voice. Yes. And be like... <laughs> evidence the whole time just evidence or allegedly <laughs> just could you imagine try, ten, doing that i try to not be too big of a dick when i go on tours like that uh out of respect for those around me you have have more um self-respect and respect for others than i do <laughs> well it's it's I, I also for whatever poor tour guide like they're just doing their job and i yep. don't want to make it more difficult <laughs> that's fair and you get it um, i do you do but for you know you can do just one of those light tours if you want you can go to infamous sites like the clearing mm-hmm. and places where ufos were allegedly seen um if you want to go even harder you can do a more immersive experience and do some overnight camping in the forest um which is super cool. Um, apparently, this is not for the faint of heart, as many campers have reported strange occurrences and unexplained noises throughout the night. Nice. Sir, you're in a forest. There's animals. Like, <laughs> I was like, do they, do, they, do, know, do they know about raccoons? Has anyone told them? <laughs> With their tiny hands. Mm-hmm. Um, despite its reputation as a haunted and enigmatic place, the Hoyubachu Forest is also a site of natural beauty and biodiversity. It's really pretty. Um, you know, and efforts have been made to protect the forest and its unique ecosystem, which is awesome, and ensures that, you know, people will continue to be able to visit for years to come. Um, now, if you're going to go, I got to give you some advice. You travel with a group. Tell Always. somebody where you're going. Always. Carry your essentials. Get like totally. a, a little bar and some waters, you know, and mm-hmm. don't go off the marked paths is what they say. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I'll just mom you uh, so you don't get lost. But in conclusion, (laughs) while the truth behind the forest's many mysteries may never fully be understood, the Uh Hoyubachu Forest stands as a testament to the enduring power of folklore, legends, and human fascination with the unknown. Now, as we continue to explore its shadowy depths, Uh uh, a quote pops up in mind by our friend Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He said, the world is full of obvious things which nobody by any chance ever observes. So it is what you want it to be. Maybe you'll see it, maybe you won't. Mm. Um, You know, at the end of the day, the truth might be out there or it might just be a fun jaunt through a forest. But Mm, mm. at the end of the day, uh, you got some fun ghost stories. You can enjoy the creepy atmosphere. Don't try to go in there and get disappeared, you know? You'll probably yeah. come back. Mm. Just saying. And that's uh, the Hoyubachu Forest. Nice. Yeah. And this brings us to... Creepy Critics Corner! Creepy Critics Corner! Oh my god, my voice. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that it's best. <laughs> what you watching, Kim? 
Uh, well, I was watching a lot of stuff, uh, trying to cram in my my top ten of the year movies. Wow. Uh, so I have a, a long list, but I'm not going to give you all of them today. I will say I went and saw Night Swim, um, which was actually the first movie of 2024 that I saw. It was thoroughly meh. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It's about a killer swimming pool. So for a movie about a killer swimming pool, <laughs> it did as promised. <laughs> Followed through. But... Uh, I- I, I can't say it's one that I'm, I'm going to tell people to run out and see in theaters. You're going to be fine if you see that streaming. Um, and unless you're somebody like me who feels compelled to see every horror film ever, it's not one you necessarily have to run out and watch. Okay. Uh, I am I am going to go mildly, mildly off the track with this next one because, um, well, no, because it's oh. not so much a recommendation as Gabby, as you might know, because... Uh, I've had some feelings about this this past week. Oh, um, yep. Yeah, I know you were going to say. The hit show Our Flag Means Death was cruelly canceled by HBO Max. Rude. <laughs> so rude. And let me say this, homophobic. Um, Truly. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> it's literally. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the show, if you have not noticed by the many times I have mentioned my love of this show. Uh, it, it truly is spectacular, and you've got such a great diverse cast uh there is a huge online campaign going on complete with um there was a billboard in times square today they flew an airplane oh my gosh california there's a petition there's a lot of stuff happening and so if one might take a moment if you've not already watched the show watch the show man it's it's so good it's so good and it was meant to have three seasons it got two seasons it was always designed to have a three-story arc so we want its final chapter to happen yeah Uh, i want the third story i want another story and i love those old queer men i love them so much uh reese darby man reese darby (laughs) made you cry he's Oh, it it made me cry. And you know, if Kim is having feelings, that's saying something. Cold Dead Heart. But cold Dead Heart. It you beats. can go to uh, renewasacrew.com to sign the petition as well. But yeah, consider giving the show a shot if you haven't. Even if you had, maybe watch it again. Uh, I also watched a movie called Hashtag Chad Gets the Axe. <laughs> what a great name. It's the best name. And if you were somebody, I recommended Deadstream, I think probably a year ago it was a fun horror film i saw about a guy who was live streaming himself in this haunted house yeah it has a very similar vibe yeah it's very silly uh the people are completely unlikable and that's the point and you're watching them be assholes and dumbasses in in this house where a murder took place and uh you're watching their live stream of it and it was a good time i enjoyed myself uh it's not going to reinvent the wheel but it's if you're looking for just like a fun movie to put on hashtag Chad gets the ax. Plus, I mean, Chad gets the ax. I mean, they kind of give it away right in the title. It might be, it's the title's a spoiler alert, but also so satisfying. Also the uh, title. So you know what you're signing yourself up for. You know what you're signing yourself up for, but yeah, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to toss those out there. Nice. As, uh, as my more recent viewing, uh, Gabby, what you've been, you've had, you've had kind of a rough time. You've been like down for the count sick. 
yes, but that also means I watched a lot of trash TV. I was going to say, what, what, um, what, and what trash TV would you recommend for the viewers at home? But I've also been doing a lot of reading, so I actually haven't been watching a ton, and the reading is for grad school, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I'll, I'm going to lead with a non-trash TV thing that Terrence and I watched yesterday, the day before. I don't know what day it is. It's fine. <laughs> what is time? Recently. Um, mm-hmm. So if you've ever watched the show New Girl, you know who Nick Miller is, who in real life, his name is Jake Johnson, um, and he's very funny, and he has a new movie that just came out on Hulu called Self-Reliance. I personally loved it. I don't know if you will. I think that it's it's kind of a it's weird, but yeah. like it's meant to be weird. Like if, right. if you don't th- think it's weird, there's something wrong. Like that's so kind of like the Anna, attitude. Anna Kendrick. Who's the in lineup of the cast is nuts. Anna yeah. Kendrick plays love interest, but mm-hmm. also is a, a significant role. Andy Samberg plays himself, <laughs> which is sure. like basically the premise is that um, this dude in his forties. Is having a rough go, and Andy Samberg pulls up in a limo as Andy Samberg, and he's like, hey, right. get in, and then tells him, like, you have to agree to this thing, and takes him to, like, a warehouse, and it's super creepy and weird, and he's like, I don't know what's going on, but, like, Jake Johnson's character is just so, like, over everything and bored that he's like, why not? Like, what sure. am I going to lose, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and he is propositioned um, by like two Swedish dudes to Uh be in a dark web reality show where he has to not get murdered. And if he can last 30 days without getting killed, he wins. Uh And the caveat is that no one can kill him if he's within arm's reach and with another person. So it can't just be like someone sitting across the room from you. It can't be you're in the bathroom by yourself. Right. Means that you need to have someone next to you while you pee. You know, like you literally have to be with someone at all times. And then it's him perpetuating and going through the motions of like, what is life like? Is it real? Is it not? Like, that's literally like what you think the whole time. And it's right. so funny. Christopher Lloyd is in it, which is wild. Ah. And um, it's got such a great cast. Emily Hampshire from um, Schitt's Creek is in it. Mm. Um, you have, I never knew that this guy was like an actor and this was his name is Biff Whiff. And he always plays like, a homeless dude and like everything he's ever played and i went down okay. a rabbit hole for biff with because that's his literal sure. name absolutely um, but yeah lots of really amazing uh comedic people mary holland is in it she's been in a lot of really funny things too um and essentially you're wondering throughout this whole thing is this guy schizophrenic is he having like sure. hallucinations is this right. real and like one of my favorite my favorite scenes of the movie are his family trolling him. Like nice. his family is Emily Hampshire and mm-hmm. um, his mom is really funny too, but Mary Holland and Emily Hampshire play his sisters. And then the mm-hmm. mom is also just like trolling him. And so it's very, it's very funny. I thought it was great. Um, I don't think it's going to be for everyone, but I, mm-hmm. it was refreshing and very different than anything I've ever seen. Um, okay. And also just like, just stupid funny sometimes you know it's always good to have a laugh highly recommend i liked it um nice and you can watch it on hulu i also have been 
watching uh, a stupid amount of Married at First Sight. That's my um, <laughs> trash TV on Netflix. <laughs> and um, the joy that I get from seeing a really dumb person on there sure. be such a huge asshole and then have everyone else gang up on them and call them out is like my right. favorite thing in the world. Um so there's been a lot of that too, but I won't get too too far into it. Um, <laughs> but that's what I've been watching. All yeah. Right. Anyhow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, thanks for listening to this sad excuse of a voice for this episode. <laughs> and um, I promise next time it'll be better. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and thank you for listening. Shout out to our friend Max for helping us out um, with our editing for this episode. And uh, if you like what we do, head on over to Patreon. Um, there's different levels of contribution you can make for different types of uh, visual and auditory benefits. Um, and if you can't afford financial contribution, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a rating and a review. We like those. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you to all of our listeners who contributed questions for our last episode. For our next episode, we maybe can even like throw on some extra ones that came at the last minute that popped up. That might be fun. Well, and, and we're going to be doing some videos. We are. Yeah. We're going to be doing some videos. So, so we're going to be doing some videos uh, with some of your questions. So if you have questions, continue to send them in. Yes. And your question might appear on a little reel on our Instagram. Keep your eyes peeled. If you don't know what our uh-huh. Instagram is, it's Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. It's pretty straightforward. Find us there. Also, Facebook, wherever you have social medias, just look up our name and find us. Um, thank you for listening. And having said that, stay. stay.